1: I'm Ron Aaron along with our co-host Carol Zerniel. Carol is Executive Director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, past Chair of the Board of the National Council on Aging, and serves on the National Committee on Caregiving, which is developing a national plan to try to make life easier both for caregivers and care recipients.
2: That is correct. We look at it holistically.
1: That's pretty cool. Well, I remember getting a, a, a call several months ago now from a friend who said, you've got to look at Facebook, look at what Michelle Brown has posted, and she had written about her husband, Will, who had, out of nowhere, which is how it usually happens, had a stroke. Now, I've known both of them for, uh, for quite a while. Michelle is sitting next to me in the, in the studio next to Carol as well. Uh, he is, uh, and, and uh, as I recall, uh, always looked to be in the best of health, Tall, active, two great kids, great wife, great family, and it just knocked me for a loop. Now, if it knocked me for a loop, (laughs) imagine what it did for Michelle and her family. So, Michelle, out of nowhere, you're doing your job, you're having a great day, and the bottom fell out.
3: Yeah. What happened? You know, you never... You never want to expect anything like this, but it, but it happened. So um, it was right after uh, the holidays. The kids were not quite back in school yet. I had had to go back to work. My husband had not started back to work yet. And about 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning, he texted me and said, I think I'm getting the flu. And I'm thinking that's a random text. And I called and said, what do you mean to get the flu? I just saw you an hour ago. You were fine. And he said, you know, I went out to the mailbox. And it was everything I could do to get back. I was so winded. And I remembered a friend who uh, had a heart attack several years ago, and went walking with her husband, and had to sit down two or three times, and thought, "Oh my gosh, he's got to get to a doctor." Um, I asked where our oldest, who could drive, I said, "You know, where is where is our where's Noah?" And he, oh, well, he went to go get something to eat. And I called him and said, "I don't mean to freak you out, but do me a favor, just go back to the house, get Dad, and take him over to the emergency room." And he's like. I said, just take him to the emergency room. So I called my husband back and say, Noah's going to pick you up. They're going to take you to the emergency room. Oh, he didn't want to go to the emergency room. So I called him. I said, well, just get dressed. Go up to HEB and just have him check your blood pressure, thinking that right. the pharmacist at the local grocery store, the drugstore that we go to, if there was a problem, my son could – Engage this person and and get my grumpy husband, who doesn't like medical care, clearly go to the hospital.
1: Which is funny because he managed
3: hospitals. <laughs> yeah, he's a, yeah. This yeah. is where Whoa. I say he was a that's, hospital administrator, right?
2: That makes yeah. perfect – actually, that makes perfect sense. Right. Yeah, exactly. He's on his day off. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Exactly. So um, he went went to the emergency room, checked his blood pressure, and it would pretty much echoed what it was at the machine at HEB. And it was triple digits on both sides. Wow. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was 200-something, 130-something. Wow! Yeah, which is a little scary. So, uh, so yeah, went to the hospital. Um, they did an MRI or CAT scan, and, and everything looked clear. They gave him some meds to bring down the blood pressure, um, sent him home, said, please go see your doctor, um, asked a lot of questions about, are you currently on medication? And this is where um, he reluctantly will tell you that he was in fantastic shape. He was taking medication. He ran into a friend who was a doctor, but not his doctor. And made a flippant remark saying, I don't even know why you take blood pressure medication, which is, you know, all he really needed to hear. So he was not taking medication at the time. Um, Went home, went to bed a little early. He fell asleep on the couch, says he woke up about 4.30 in the morning and dreamt his whole, you know, if your foot has fallen asleep, kind of it's tingly. His whole right side was tingly. Um, Was able to grab an iPad. And he said he realized he was in trouble for about 10 minutes after that when he couldn't figure out how to operate the iPad. And that's where we got him to the emergency room again. They did an MRI and realized he had an ischemic stroke in the left uh, rear part of his brain.
1: And when he went to the hospital, you know, the first time, he wasn't showing any signs of stroke. Speech was fine. No, completely. Smile was fine. All the stuff you look for.
3: Absolutely. You know, you, there's that whole FAST, right? Yes. the acronym. and And nothing like that. He was really tired he wasn't really disoriented but he had a look of of on his face like something was wrong now the mo- next morning early morning it was almost like he was intoxicated he was kind of walking around his speech wasn't really slurred but he was agitated and he just didn't feel right and you know didn't want me to call an ambulance but just let's let's just go to the hospital and we lived close so so we did well, now for those that don't know what FAST means, mm-hmm. what it, what does that stand for? So I'm I'm not going to get the acronym right, well, but I will tell you that you look for can the person smile face. Uh, face you have to act quickly. Uh, is there an issue with their speech? Um, I'm going to forget the T. This is what happens when I get put on the spot. Well, that's all right. <laughs> but let's just say that um, clearly, uh, Carol's going to Google. He's going to Google it. Thank you. Um, It was one of those situations where um, my husband doesn't get sick that often and you just knew something was wrong. And the fact that since he doesn't get sick and is not really a fan of doctors, um, irony, uh, but but, um, that, that he was ready to go I think was telling. So I want
1: to pick it up from there. And for those who have just joined us, uh, let me tell you, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air on 930 a.m. The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernial. And our special guest, Michelle Brown, is telling the story of her husband, Will, and his stroke, which was, at the time it happened, devastating to their family and, and quite a challenge. Yeah. So what are you thinking?
3: Um, You get him to the hospital. Yeah, get him to the hospital. um, Nothing seems to move fast enough. You know, the ER and TV is very different. Um, They're able to um, finally determine that he did have a stroke, trying to get him into a room and comfortable and some relief and just really understand what all of that meant. Um, he did not get there within that golden hour. They say When they you, can
1: use clot-busting meds. Exactly.
3: Um, and so they had a different protocol they used where they perfused the brain with blood. They kept his blood pressure very high in the hopes that it would break up any clot and he would be good to go. So he was moving around. I was walking around the hospital with him, you know, just in the general area until we can get a room. Everything seemed to be like seemingly okay, uh, and then within a day or so, when they started to bring the the blood pressure back to normal, is when you really saw the effects, and it was the right side. It was memory. It was not really speech, not issues with eating, but you. It was it was someone who could you know ride a bike an extended different distance, workout, um, very articulate, could write make big presentations and he just, he, he, he it was wasn't struggling. there anymore. Yeah, he was there. But just the, you they could see built. the deficits, right? the deficits. So time was that last Time. time. time golden, would hour. Talk to that? Yes. golden hour. You talked about golden hour.
2: So you had it, but yes, yes. time. Yes. So, so face, arms,
3: speech, and time. Yes. There we go. But
1: he didn't have any of that. Until the next morning.
3: He he didn't. Um, Which is interesting. Yeah, because I don't think he was necessarily having a stroke at that point. I think he just was in that. I mean it makes me wonder – you always, you know, Monday morning quarterback this. But if if like nobody was home – yeah, <laughs> right. if nobody was home, if he just thought he had the flu- – if we hadn't have acted when we did, right. we probably would have had a different situation. Well, it could and, have been a lot worse. And I can think of someone, uh, uh, someone else that I
2: know whose father had a stroke and he actually – he decided he would drive himself to the hospital and, mm-hmm. and he got so tired in the garage he just sat down. And he sat there for twelve hours yeah. before anybody realized wow. anything was going on. I mean it was at least that long. Yeah. Um, wow. So and just couldn't move. Yeah.
1: You're in the hospital. Yes. Uh, you finally get a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Thankfully you let all your friends <laughs> you know, thank God for Facebook. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you're faced with what? Well because yeah. I mean, you're, you're such a close knit family.
3: We do. So I'm we are I mean through all of this, I always say we're glass half full people because what we really recognize were just the true blessings that were around us. Um, my parents live here, I have family here, we have a quite extended group of of friends and um everyone really Moved into gear, which you know. In listening to your show, it's it's always interesting because you hear people talk about how they just didn't know where to go and they were just um, struggling with resources. And we um, were not in that position. Um, but I will tell you, I was terrified because here's someone who is having difficulty walking, who will look at the same five pictures when they come in and do you know checkups on him, and he can't remember the five pictures. Um, there were some serious deficits, and I thought I. Do do I we go? We discharged from here. Do I go home? What does that look like? And um, uh, so we were, He was in the hospital for a week. He went into inpatient rehab for a week, and he was in intensive outpatient rehab for about six or seven months.
1: And during that time, uh, you're doing everything. Yeah. Plus, um, trying to hold a brand new
3: brand new job. Yeah, so that's you know one of the other um, uh, really moments that we were thankful for is I had been seven months into a new job that um, everyone there was just amazing. And
1: she'd become the uh, deputy chief of marketing and communications for KIPP, Texas Public Schools, and uh, quite demanding and and a lot of responsibilities.
3: Yeah, um, it was a job that uh, requires travel. Um, you know, I have two – we have two teenagers, a freshman in high school and a freshman in college, now in college. Um, so at the time, as we'd a, a, a kiddo that was in his senior year and the highlight of all of that, a daughter that was finishing up eighth grade um, and play sports and kids that are very active and a new job and traveling. And we just didn't know day to day. We didn't know day to day. Now,
1: you've never been a caregiver.
3: Never have been a caregiver. Um, watched parents. Um, elderly, sick grandparents, um, but never been in this position, never been in this position. So since then, have you met other families?
2: Because stroke is not limited to a specific age. People may think it only happens in older people. Um, I know someone who was 26 that had a stroke. Yeah. Um, Have you met other, did you, through this process, have you met other families and, and kind of... You know, and a support Laura, group. yeah, and a support group, or especially for a younger for a younger person having a so, stroke.
3: So, so here's the interesting thing. Um No, okay, no. Um if, if People in their late forties, early fifties are the highest. I'm going to get that thing wrong. It they're, they're they're the highest incidence of stroke, but a lot of the resources in our city are focused at. Older, older persons. Mm-hmm. So when you look at having uh, teenagers and a full-time job and a job that requires travel and are newly in this position, um, support groups at Wednesday at 10 o'clock in don't, the morning don't really, don't really, work. really work. And you were um, in a
1: situation where Will could not drive.
3: Cannot drive. Couldn't
1: care for himself at um, that point, really.
3: Couldn't care. For, once he was discharged from the hospital and from inpatient after care. After seven months, right? After, yeah. I mean, he was he, he, he could. But then it's also, here's someone, I mean, there's residual effects. He has challenges reading. Um, there were some short-term memory challenges. Um, is that someone that you want to be by themselves at home all day? Um, that's not fun for him either. So it was, it was helping to make sure that he wasn't put in a house and forgotten. Right, and that he had some, he was getting back to life as, as, as he can. So, um, yeah, so I was really surprised that um, the lack of support groups or the outreach that we did and the lack of response. Interesting. So,
2: that's you know, and, and I'm sure there are other caregivers who are listening that may be thinking the same thing. Um, resources can be geared towards one group or another, and if you're not in that target. You know, market. Then you know you feel like, what about me?
1: We're going to pick this journey up in just a minute. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host Carol Zernial and our very special guest Michelle Brown, talking about her family and her husband Will's stroke. We are excited to bring you the all new Well Radio. Our goal is to help make listeners healthier by focusing on health and wellness for adults everywhere. The new WellMed Radio features Dr. Joshua Beck, an outstanding family physician and attorney and veteran broadcaster, Ron Aaron. Ooh, that's me.
0: Each week we will focus on health prevention and wellness that's critical to the quality of life. WellMed Radio, Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. on 930 a.m., The Answer.
1: Well, we thank you for being with us on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernil, and we were talking with Michelle Brown, a longtime friend of mine and my wife's, whose husband, uh, out of the blue, which is how it happens, had a stroke. Will Brown, uh, you know, seemed to be on the outside, the epitome of health. And I had a similar conversation, and I think I mentioned to you at the time, you need to talk to Tim Dirk, the Mm. former Spurs Coyote, because I remember interviewing him. The same thing. That was a guy in amazing shape. who who denied what were the little mini strokes he kept having and having uh, and ended up with a, uh, you know, very serious stroke. And like Will has come back, still has a few deficits, but he's doing quite well. In your case, all those months in serious rehab, uh, how were you dealing with that? And and how did you emotionally watch as your husband dealt with things that uh, you thought you'd never have to face?
3: You know, I think we really leaned into a lot of the folks who were the experts, um, and the different people in the facility that were doing the rehab, which was super helpful. Um, the mantra we had was clearly we're not the first people to go through this. So what are the other, what are the other questions that people are asking that we're not asking? You know, what are the things we should be thinking about? And that was, that was super helpful. You know, early on it was really great because he was working so hard and he was making great strides. Um, So you're seeing lots of progress and moving. And then slowly but surely as you get towards the end of that rehab period where you're not making as great strides, that's frankly when kind of the new normal starts to hit. Because I think you're just really optimistic that, well, this is going to come back. And, you know, he looks great and and things like that. And he does. And there's a lot that did come back. But the hardest part has been, you know, post-rehab when you start to realize, well, It's coming up to be a year. What changes? And no one has it. No one has the specific time clock. So we've heard people two years out and a year out. But now it's kind of the wait and see and and see what's next.
1: And and while you bring a lot of money to the family, he was bringing money into the family as well. Had just started his own consulting business. Yeah. uh, And this this had to put a little uh, twist in that effort.
3: Yes. Yes. And so um he had been doing that for he was just celebrating a year. He had just wrapped up some work with clients. It was the holidays and it was in that, you know, business prospect, new business prospect right. period. So, I mean that that has been tough. We leaned into the big thing is is, you know, getting him to rehab in the morning and, and so who's going to pick him up at 3 or 3:30 in the afternoon and my folks uh who are both retired were fantastic in doing that, but that meant Leaning into them, and suddenly that was their schedule every day, or making arrangements to not travel um, for business. For you, yeah, and and um, I mean that was hard. And then just making sure that he had what he needed every day. There was different things that that he had to have as part of this rehab process, um, and just just the rationalization and having it all settle in that everything has changed. That everything has changed.
1: And some of the deficits continue.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, it's been amazing. He can uh, write and always has been able to write. Um, when it comes to getting text messages, he will write them down or fingerspell them or copy them, and then he's able to read them. But it's hard to read off of a computer screen. Oh. Um, sometimes he's able to comprehend the message. If it's a really long message, it gets to be challenging. Um, short-term memory is significantly better, but still can be a challenge. Um, fatigue is still a challenge. Um, he right now is volunteering three or four days a week at the Animal Defense League, which is a, a no-kill shelter in town.
1: Yeah, I used to run it.
3: You used to run it, I know. Um, and he is making it a point to get to the gym every day. Um and I think he's wowing the people at the Y because they saw, you know, what he was coming in and and how uh one of his uh therapists came with him to help him like start and get into a routine and everything mm-hmm. and what that looks like. So um I think it's hard for him because he doesn't look like he had a stroke. So he's very self conscious when um he has to carry on a conversation or someone who maybe doesn't know and he's you know, it's it's always you, it's you wanna keep it you wanna keep it so maybe people don't know because then it's a challenge, right? right. Yeah. So, well, it's-
1: Carol, that's the first one that we've heard on this show about someone uh, who's had some kind of deficit, stroke, whatever, uh, and people don't know that, uh, and, and you're not sure you want them to know,
3: and right. yet in a
1: conversation, it's it sometimes with memory deficits can be difficult.
3: Or, or he has a, he has a slight vision issue on his right side, so if someone reaches out their hand to shake your hand and you don't see it, right. it looks like you're. I mean, being socially, rude. it looks like you're being rude. Wow. Right. So it's it's um, compensating for a lot of that, and that's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. Remember. Right. Yeah, right. But Is, a lot to
2: remember. Does his mood change? Where maybe sometimes he'll say, "You know, I had a stroke in the past year, and this happened." I mean, does he does he sometimes explain it? Does he really prefer you know to do as much as he can because people do make. Assumptions. You say the word stroke, and automatically people put you in well, a, box. This, a box. This this must be your ability.
3: Yeah, I, it's funny. Um, sometimes people speak louder yeah, and clearer, that, which is always
2: fun. <laughs> which is always fun. <laughs>
3: yeah. I, the the answers. I, people who are incredibly well intended, but just, so you know, just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's really good about explaining. He's good about explaining, but I think it also um, it's it's a lot.
2: Well, it is, and, and it's and a it's, lot. I, you know, I think that you bring up a good point for both of you. Um, just that internal, you know, um, mechanism of your own eat not not ego in a bad way, but self-esteem. no, no, no. But yeah. I mean, but it, it's a it's an adjustment because you may, you know, you probably have moments where you realize, oh, he can't do that. You forget, and and because mm-hmm. you do forget, mm-hmm. and and he may have moments that he didn't know he couldn't do that, and and you're just kind of caught off guard by. Your new normal. No, completely. Completely. And that
3: happens frequently.
1: And you've mentioned uh, your children, Noah and Macy, Mm -hmm. who, who, again, Noah is a counselor at the JCC summer camp where our kids go. And they, big, redhead, tall, good looking, funny. (laughs) They love Noah. Love Noah.
3: He is a Pied Piper of kids. And and then
1: Macy, who's a counselor in training there, who's about seven foot. She's finally, she's taller than Noah now, right? How tall is she? She
3: is uh, a little over six feet. Right. Wow. She's She's tall. But Will is 6'6", so she's yeah. she got, oh, definitely she's got, got the height. Oh, she's she's got a ways the height. to go, though. Yeah, she's, she's got go, yeah, she's she's
1: And for them, uh, you know, the family was everything, and you guys, you went to their events, you went to their meets, you went yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Is Will able to go to... Her volleyball games.
3: Yeah, he is now. Um, in the in the height of all of this um, was peak season for her, and so um, I worked to get to many as uh, many as I could. Right. And um, you know, navigating crowds is tough. Um, with him, especially early on, and climbing up into bleachers when your footing is unstable. Yeah, I can't do that. I mean, there's a lot of people in it, right? Right. So, I mean, I think early on it was tough. Um, I think, again, uh, she has a group of friends that are just amazing, and the parents are equally as wonderful. And so they were fabulous and cheering extra loud for her or or making sure, you know, if they're all going to Whataburger after the game, you know, they were coming with her. Um, And same thing, I think Noah, um, as we look at... Our young adult who was getting ready to graduate high school and head into college. And I think as a parent, you always wonder if they're ready. And I think what this really showed us is he is not only nurturing to younger kids and to his sister, but... He really stepped up. He was. He, they were. They're both just amazing. Where's he in school? He is going to San Antonio College. Well, good um, for him. Yeah. He, he two plus two. Two plus two. He is doing that. They have an honors college at, at SAC that's a partnership mm-hmm. with the honors college at UTSA. And nice. So he's there. Yeah. Well, he's it. so smart. Loving it. He wants to go into education, which I couldn't right. be happier. You know, yeah. I, I think as a dad of kids that have uh, right. been around him, I, I think uh, you'll see why. I so, I yeah. think.
1: And for you, what have you learned about yourself dealing with? Uh, What was a big glitch in your life?
3: Yeah. um, I am a planner. I am the person who I know what's coming up. I plan the trips. You know, I'm the planner. And I think what this showed is that um, we don't know what's coming next. And the best laid plans don't always work out. And that we just need to take it as it comes, especially early on. Um, Now it's a a little better. But there's still – I mean, we're just – getting ready to hit a year so we still don't know
1: now is he driving yet
3: he is doing limited amount of driving limited amount of driving like he'll drive to the gym just
1: let me know when he's on the road
3: he actually is really good (laughs) Uh, i'll be very careful oh no 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 and that's not for everybody and i'm not condoning right right? there's 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 things you have to do to get to that place right right so yeah absolutely
2: Well, well um you know just looking at some of the notes we have uh you know about your experience it sounds like um people people around you also stepped up. So did you have to learn to say yes when people offered help or did you just go, yeah, I you knew immediately this is this
3: this worked. Yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh. That you know what? That was probably a huge leap, the biggest for me. Um we're the folks that are mobilized. We mobilize to help friends. Um we have a really good friend of ours uh, uh, who called shortly after this happened and said, I'm going to arrange for food for you every night. And we're just going to get a group together and we're going to make sure you yeah, guys have food. and we were on, email were on list. the list. Yeah, you were on the list. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and I was like, oh, you, you, I, God, that's a lot. I just, oh, I don't know. He's like, no, I'm, I'm not asking. I'm telling you that I'm going to do this. And is there anything your family doesn't eat? And we had dinner uh, every night for three months. Wow. Um, and it was an you didn't, opportunity. You didn't
1: know you needed that until you got We didn't know it. we needed it. But I tell it. you what, it yeah. was
3: nice to um, have the food delivered to our house. The kids would grab it. They would come up to the hospital. We would try and eat together as a family. We would hang out for a little bit. They'd go home, do homework, and get ready to to go to sleep. Oh, cool. Um, that brought normalcy to our family that we didn't even really knew we needed. Um, it was Amazing. It Got about amazing. a
1: minute left. Is there anything, looking back, you would have done differently when uh, the first symptoms appeared, even though they weren't stroke?
3: Uh, I would have called an ambulance and not taken no for an answer. Full stop.
1: Full stop. Very typical in families, by the way, w- where the spouse doesn't call the ambulance because the one with the problem says, oh, no, don't bother. Yeah. Very and, typical.
3: Yeah. And, and I think because, you know, it's easy to a Monday morning quarterback, also would have pushed to keep him in the hospital and the emergency room and had him admitted. Yeah. But again, twenty twenty hindsight. The other thing, thing is when you
1: come by ambulance, they take you right in.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Hey, Michelle, thank you for joining us and sharing thank this you. story.
3: Thank you. Thank you for doing this. And good
1: luck at KIP. Everything going well? It's going well. They're good people. Well, good. Thank you. It's really great to see you. Thank you. For Carol Zernial, I'm Ron Air and thank you so much for joining us on Caregiver SOS on Air. Podcasts of these shows are available. All you have to do is Google Caregiver SOS on Air or go to CaregiverSOS.org and you can find them there as well and we will talk to you again soon right here on 9:30 a.m the answer